Now, the Wealth Protection Diva is a successful entrepreneur, business owner, and premier business strategist, president and CEO of Sage International Incorporated, and a national speaker, best-selling author, and motivational teacher of financial education, business development, and wealth protection strategies, the joys and frustrations of being a business owner. Her insights are motivating, her frankness inspiring. Now, here is Sherry Hill. Nonprofit organizations are an integral and vital force in our communities. They are often the first line of defense and the last recourse for people in need. They bring cultural and arts programs to local areas, provide an array of social services to all age and income groups, and give voice to the concerns of local citizenry. Because of the important role that they play, many people, politicians, policymakers, and local residents are turning to nonprofit organizations to address important individual, community, and public policy problems. Despite high expectations for what these groups can achieve, we have a limited understanding of how they're actually structured and operated. To build the capacity of nonprofits and to invest wisely in their activities, we need a better picture of the size, scope, and types of organizations that comprise the nonprofit sector and the financial underpinnings of the sector. One of the most distinguishing features of the nonprofit sector in Nevada is its diversity and the prevalence of human service organizations. However, the flip side, and sadly, our arts and cultural organizations are at or below the national average of 10%. At least 80% of all nonprofits in Nevada are grassroots organizations, that is, they are unaffiliated with national or international groups. Faith-based organizations are a relatively small part of the sector at about 9%. And, of course, the share of nonprofits located in metro areas is larger than the share of population living in these areas. This concentration of nonprofits in the metro regions makes it difficult for residents who live in small towns or remote areas to obtain services. Financially, the nonprofit sector in Nevada is below the national average. Excluding hospitals and higher education, the average revenues of nonprofit organizations in Nevada is about half the size of the national average of $1.6 million. My guest today is Phil Johncock, Executive Director for the Alliance for Nevada Nonprofits, our only statewide organization dedicated to strengthening communities by increasing influence and capacity of Nevada's nonprofit sector. The Alliance for Nevada Nonprofits coordinates over 15,000 hours of professional development and training, along with training more than 6,000 nonprofit leaders in our state. Welcome, Phil. Thank you, Sherry. So, kind of interesting when you look at, you know, the size of our state and, of course, the amount of nonprofits in our state, which is about how many, would you guess? 4,681. Good. And so, out of that 4,681, what they're saying is most are related to human services, right? Quite a few. And so that, uh, you know, obviously the, the um, metro areas, north and south, have the, the bulk of those nonprofits. Profits, But 
what would you like to say is is really you know you run the statewide organization i'm certainly on the board for the alliance for nevada nonprofits so this is an organization that uh, you've been working on for a long time and i've been part of it for a while that um, you know, nonprofits are hugely important to our economy, and you know, what is it that people really don't understand about them here? Well, I think that that one thing is uh, to realize that annually, nonprofits contribute over six billion dollars to our state economy. Um, they also manage over five million volunteer hours, which, if you valued that and gave it a value, it'd be over a billion dollars, and it employs more than 43,000 people, um, it, and they have $19 billion in assets. So this is, um, like you said, some of the sizes of the organization is half that of the national average, and if you look at Southern Nevada, 72% have less than a budget of um, a budget of less than $50,000 a year. So we're very unique. We've got newer nonprofits in our state. That's part of the reason why we're smaller, but and we're also bigger geographically. With you know seventh largest uh, ge- geographically, seventh largest state in the United States, and so we're spread out all over the place. And so nonprofits have a lot of uh, territory to cover. But I think in terms of the range of services offered and the amount of really good people working with nonprofits, uh, from the staff to volunteers to donors, uh, to board members. there, It's really a sector that, um, that is, if you don't work with a lot of different nonprofits, you're probably not aware of all the great things that are happening maybe in your, your uh, neighborhood. Exactly. So let's touch on what is the Alliance for Nevada Nonprofits, because as I said earlier, we are the statewide organization. So we are not doing things as a nonprofit that you would expect other nonprofits, like providing goods and services. We provide training and other things. We provide professional development, as you mentioned, we're almost now close to... to 20,000 hours of professional development we train. We also do advocacy. So when there's an issue in the state legislature or nationally, you know, the charitable giving incentive is something that, that we we run the risk of it maybe going away. So we got to stay on top of that. So we're a voice for, for the nonprofits. So professional development, though, is a main area where if you look at these nonprofits, they're telling us they need help with fundraising. They need help with board development. They need help with certain areas. And so there are some groups that provide some training uh, in the north and the south and the rural area, but there's no organization that does it virtually, and there's no organization that, that, that serves all the nonprofits in the state. Well, and again, your mention of the fact that it's not just about the state. At the federal level, we're watching what's coming down the pipeline. We're part of a larger national organization that has a bunch of lobbyists and people sitting on Washington, D.C., Capitol Hill, so that we're not caught off guard. And in Nevada, prior to 2009, there was no state association. There were a couple of organizations that tried. 
um, but they didn't have a statewide presence. So what we discovered was that uh, there were 49 other states that had associations like like um, the Alliance for Nevada Nonprofits, or AN as we, we refer to it. But those other state associations, when you get them together and there's a need in Washington or there's an issue, you've got a lot more eyes and ears and you have a lot more people who have connected with their nonprofits in their state. So we can survey the sector, we can rally the sector, we can get information out quickly. So, so it's one of it, today in uh, 2015 is very different from five or ten years ago. We've got a lot more tools that we can use, but we've got a lot more connections. And so, um, Anne is a an ally member of the National Council of Nonprofits, and as a result we get to share what works what doesn't work and how and we can network with other groups and it gives us a stronger voice this is sherry hill you're listening to the sherry hill show with guest phil john cock who is the executive director for the alliance for nevada nonprofits that's huge when you think about how many industries have big trade organizations that are doing the exact same thing and if i'm part of a larger organization you know strength in numbers right absolutely one of the things that obviously phil and i are working very hard on along with our other fabulous board members and and all the people that work at the alliance is to create awareness that we exist Right, because what we have discovered is there's a lot of nonprofits, especially in the in the rurals, that you know don't realize there's someone working on their behalf. And the more that they understand what we're doing, the stronger they become as a nonprofit. Well, and, and if you look at if you went down to Carson and you and you talk to a senator, a representative, and you ask him who are the nonprofits in your zip code area, your your district. I, I think they can name maybe a couple, but I think they would miss probably 95% at least of, of those. And we're looking at the month of March to make that a special awareness month to to uh, bring awareness to nonprofits in the rural area as well as uh, the cities and counties. Um, we have, because we focus so much on the nonprofits themselves, they're our, our client, you know, who we serve. So, so um, the rest of the world really doesn't know as much about us. This is an, an effort, an initiative that, that we can bring awareness or that, that the, the legislature, the, the corporations that are out there serving nonprofits in your community, doing great things, helping support, donating goods and services and money. The more that everybody realizes where what's the best place to put their money, their donations, and how to and a little investment in the capacity building for a nonprofit. If you invest, let's say, five hundred dollars in the capacity building and putting people through training, that five hundred dollars can probably generate five thousand dollars. So what we're saying is be smart, and there are some ways for you to give, and and we're hoping that that we can be that portal and that that organizations can use to to give and be smarter in their giving. 
One of the things that, you know, we've introduced this year is a whole series of educational programs. So we just finished the one in January on how to build a marketing plan. And so what are some of the other ones that are going to come up? Right. Well, this is a, a partnership with Network for Good, and Network for Good is an online platform to handle donations, and they've handled over a billion dollars in donations online. And they've created a training online in seven different course areas. So marketing, developing your marketing plan, as you know, is probably the first, and, and that's why we we offered this. And then uh, this month, we've got donor thank you and retention. So we have Chris Askin with the Community Foundation of Western Nevada, who's facilitating that. And then um, uh, next month, we've got a social media is the focus. And then we're doing websites um, in April, May. We're going to be doing email campaigns. Then we're going to get into end-of-year fundraising which a lot of people are familiar when you get around Christmas and Thanksgiving, you know, lots of fundraisers going on. So end of year fundraising, as well as uh, day giving. So on March uh, 12th, we've got Nevada's Big Give, which is one day dedicated to giving in Nevada. And our goal is to get over a million dollars donated in that one day. But there's certain things that you need to do on that day. So this training that we have is um, very unique uh, for a lot of the nonprofits, and it's very affordable. So, um, you know, a lot of them are thanking us and saying, hey, uh, we wish we would have had this training before, but thank you so much for providing it. And it's one of those those um, easy to participate in trainings, too, because you can just call in by phone, participate, and then you can do it at your own pace online. And then you come back and you report. And like in your case, they create a, a marketing plan and then they get feedback from experts. So it's really really high quality, and then we're really excited about that training, and, and it leads to certification. Right. To get more information on that, what's the website they need to go to? Well, our uh, main website is alliance for org, and that's the place you can go to get information about it. This is a fundraising certification uh, courses that we have. All right. We have to go to break. We come back. We're going to pick up and talk about everything nonprofit. Stick with us. This is Howard Olson from On Strategy. You're listening to the Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she is a continual learner. Sherry Hill has a unique understanding of the business world and can describe it succinctly. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services that will lay a solid foundation under a business owner's dream. If you're thinking of starting a business and you're not sure where to begin, Sage International Incorporated offers a free 30-minute consultation. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. This is Stacy Wedding, CEO and Chief Strategist at Professionals in Philanthropy in Henderson, Nevada. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she provides opportunities for people to share and learn and grow together. Sherry Hill is a true professional and an inspiration to all. Welcome back to The Sherry Hill Show, doing everything possible to spark and fuel your entrepreneurial dreams. Now, here's your host, 
Sherry Hill. It never occurs to many people who are not involved with nonprofits how integral these organizations can be to the overall functioning of the economy. To many, nonprofits are just innocuous little entities existing in their own isolated corner of the economy. They do not hurt the economy, but they certainly do not carry it either. Nonprofits serve one distinct purpose bettering the world while zeroing out their books. Phil Johncock is an award-winning author, inspirational speaker, and innovative educator. As a professor of grant writing, Phil's students made over $1.2 billion in grant funding in the first two and a half years, piloting a system he designed based on his second master's thesis and a college certification program in grant writing. Phil, let's talk about how nonprofits do much more to enhance and bolster the economy as opposed to what most people think. So, when we talk about nonprofit organizations, they are a steady source of employment. Why is that? First and foremost, they're a corporation. They're incorporated, as you know, in the state, and so they, they are a business. Now, we say nonprofit, and so people think, and you said zero out their books, um, people think that that means that they're not in the business of making a profit. That's not the case. Everybody has to make a profit, but what they do is they also have access to some funding that for-profit businesses don't. They can get donations, and they're in the public eye. And the public says, if you're a charity, you know, with a 501c3 status with the IRS, then we are uh, going to um, give you a separate, a special status. And that means that, that donations that come in can be tax-exempt. Now, that may change at some point in the future. I hope it doesn't, but right now that's the case and you can get a tax write-off for it. So we've given them special privileges. And that part of that is, is because they have to serve the public and benefit communities in a different way. They, they have to figure out, and a lot of times it's, they have to be even more creative than the for-profit because they can't make their money in the same way. You can't charge somebody who is on welfare. You can't charge somebody who's on food stamps or somebody who's homeless or hungry you know, you can't charge them like you could normally in a restaurant or in a, a different situation. So you, you got to be creative. And the opportunities exist uh, for people to work for um, nonprofits it, and also make a difference in the world. So you, you feel good about what you're doing. You're, you're serving people that the for-profit sector has sort of neglected or can't figure out how to make a profit to serve. So the nonprofits are taking taking on a certain role. And as less and less government is taxpayers' dollars are going to services and people say, I think we all agree that we want the government to have a unique role, but not to do everything for everybody. So as they pull back and they have less and less tax dollars and funding, it requires organizations to pick up the slack. And if they don't do it, what happens is that certain people fall through the cracks, certain people um, don't get served. And so the nonprofits are, are looking out for the best interest of every Nevadan and every person out there. Um, so, so it's really a um, sort of unique perspective, and the funding comes from it in a different different way. And the people that I found that are do it have big hearts. They want to make a difference, and they have to think 
efficiently. They have to work with volunteers. You know, they've, they've, they're very creative in how they work. And so if, if you are, I mean, many people probably listening to this are already volunteering for, for uh, nonprofits. Maybe you're on a board with a, with a particular charity. Nonprofits need to make good money because they need to hire good people with skills and certain types of knowledge and talent so they can serve more people, right? And so I would say that's a kind of a shift or a trend that hopefully, you know, we see certainly in this state that nonprofits are paying good wages because they have great talent, which means a nonprofit is more effective. Right, and and the the larger nonprofits, of course, they could probably pay more for like a fundraiser. It's probably going to make more with somebody that has a billion dollar or you know million dollar budget than somebody who's got a hundred thousand dollar a year. And and there are, um, I mean, size differentials, but. If any business wants to be successful, they need the best expertise. I see part of the role for the Alliance for Nevada Nonprofits is to bring that expertise to people so they don't have to pay as much, but they will probably have to pay something. They may have to hire a consultant. They may want to hire. And the more that that they can move into the mindset of hiring the best people out there and get the best resources, the better off they're going to be. Exactly. Well, and the second way that they also enhance and bolster the, the uh, community is that they use third-party service providers. So they buy office supplies. They bring bottled water into the office. They do all kinds of stuff. So when you think about there's still a business, right? I don't even call them nonprofits. I call them tax exempt because I don't like that psychology of I can't make any money. And so it really is you're in business and you need to go out and purchase goods and services typically from local vendors in your area. So... Right. Well, when you're contributing over $6 billion to the state economy, you're bringing in money, you're, you're spending money, you're buying, like you said, renting. There's so many different, um, different ways that they are, are contributing to the, to the state's economy. Um, and, and the, the people working, um, you know, the housing and all of the things related, related to it. I, I think that the, um, to get a real handle on exactly all of, that the nonprofit sector is doing, you, you know, you, you really have to look at the, the difference they're making in our communities, looking at the people they're serving, the number of homeless that, that they're helping out, the number of meals that are being served, the number of, of people they're helping uh, transition into college. And, um, and because nonprofits go from A to Z, and there's so many in different areas. You mentioned human services, but there's a lot in the environment. And as you mentioned, the arts and a lot of areas, they're really all over the place. And if you looked at a taxonomy, which is kind of a you know big um, a name for, for uh, the list of nonprofits, I think you'd totally be blown away. And um, the range of things from research to to, like I said, the environment and animal services, it it would would really amaze you. And part of that is is because in our our little worlds, we might know or see of a couple. We might be familiar with our churches. We might be with the schools and and some of the groups, but we might not have um, 
experience connecting with a lot of those other groups that are doing things. So I I like to see meet a nonprofit for the first time who's doing something creative and has a good idea. They're wanting to make a difference. And the one thing about nonprofits that's truly unique is that they tie their mission into a need in the community. So they are looking at where's the need, because if you don't have a need in the community, you're not going to be successful. Nobody's going to give you money. And, and so the, they are tied into the quality of life, a lot of the indicators, uh, probably a lot more than probably um, we, would, we would realize. And so, the, you know, there, there's such a wide range, it's hard to get our arms around just all the different things. And when you've got 4,681 of them out there that are working and uh, different sizes and different some are new some are have been around for 10 years and 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 so it's 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 just a sector that's bigger than most people imagine it's doing more than what you realized and it's probably one of those things that you're not going to find out about until you start talking to people who are running the nonprofits in your community well and you think about it they're employing about 10% of our entire workforce across the state so again when we're talking about nonprofits bolstering the economy if I'm 10% employing in a sector, that means those people are out buying cars, washing machines. Payroll taxes are not. They do pay payroll taxes, right? Uh, certainly some don't have to spend or pay for sales taxes. But bottom line is when you look at the overall reason that nonprofits, certainly successful nonprofits, enhance our state, it's for all those same reasons that for-profits do. Right. And if you think about the number of people who volunteer in our state, it's, it's uh, 20, at least 20% of the adult population does. So if 10 are, 10% are working for a nonprofit and, and 20% are volunteering, that's a third and, uh, of, of our adult population that is somehow connected to a nonprofit. Exactly. We come back. I'm going to pick up on this conversation with Phil Johncock, who is the executive director for the Alliance for Nevada Nonprofits. Hello, everybody. This is Andrew Sherman. I'm a partner in the Washington, D.C. office of Jones Day and author of several books on business growth strategy, including Harvesting Intangible Assets. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she really has the needs of her listeners in mind as she walks the guests through the show with her insightful questions. Sage International Incorporated fosters the entrepreneurial spirit by first educating our clients. In fact, we wrote the best-selling book, Incorporate and Get Rich, as recommended by Robert Kiyosaki in his bestseller, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. For over 20 years, we've taught thousands of business owners, investors, professionals, and entrepreneurs how to properly structure their business and personal assets to avoid the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, liability exposure, probate and death taxes. Call Sage International Incorporated at 1-800-254-5779 to set up a free 30-minute consultation. That's 1-800-254-5779. Sage International. This is Jen Kelly from Mayantreasure.org in Guatemala. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she takes the time to really listen and understand. Sherry Hill is uplifting and inspiring. 
Welcome back to the Sherry Hill Show, doing everything possible to spark and fuel your entrepreneurial dreams. Now, here's your host, Sherry Hill. Trends in the economy, demographics, technology, communications, and even how we spend our leisure time can affect the core capacities needed by every charitable nonprofit to be effective and sustainable. It is our hope that by shining a light on nonprofit trends, those who lead charitable nonprofits, as well as those who invest in their missions, will be armed with information useful for decision-making and planning for the future. Before I jump into the top three trends for charitable nonprofits in 2015, let me introduce my guest, Phil Johncock, the grant professor, an award-winning author, inspirational speaker, innovative educator, and also the executive director for the Alliance for Nevada Nonprofits. Phil. Thank you. So let's talk about the top three trends for charitable nonprofits and your thoughts related to each. So nonprofits continue to have limited resources. I think that efficiency comes to mind and the importance of, uh, with limited resources, you have to be smarter and think creatively outside the box. Um, And we learn how to, to also use existing resources like um, I'll just use Google as an example, and and Google Gmail, and and we have for Anne, uh, we use the Google Voice number, which has saved us uh, about five hundred dollars a year um, that we would pay for for phone, and um, uh, and and then we use their uh, uh, Google Ad Grant, and we do uh, drive traffic to our website for people who who are seeking jobs in the nonprofit sector or seeking to uh, uh, employ people. And um, so with the limited resources, uh, and I think that uh, there's one word that I would call nonprofits in general is resourceful. And you just learn how to do that when you don't have the money to do it and you don't have, you, you figure out how to get it done. So it's not like you can just not do it. So you have to do your job. You have to serve the people that you're supposed to to serve. And I think that, that that's also one of the reasons why it's helpful to go to like a regional conference for nonprofits where you can be around other nonprofits and you can begin to share your ideas. And uh, we can be smarter. We can use the technology to share resources um, across the board. And um, I think resourcefulness and and becoming more efficient and more effective in what we're doing is just um, helps us um, uh, do more with less. Right. Well, before I moved in, move into trend two, let's just talk very quickly. So the Alliance for Nevada Nonprofits, we host two regional conferences, one in Reno, one in Las Vegas, and the one in Las Vegas is coming up on... March 12th and 13th. Right. So again, reach out to Alliance for Nevada Nonprofits.com to learn all about these uh, just wonderful conferences. And Phil, as you mentioned, you. We do a lot of training through the Alliance, so we definitely want to make sure that people have access to the resources, the training, the experts, the speakers we bring. It's amazing, and every time I go to one, even though I run a for-profit, trust me, I learn, 
right? And But I serve on a lot of boards and nonprofits and am able to bring a lot of information back into those. So trend number two is that there's going to be an increased demand on nonprofits stemming from the increased needs in our communities. We all realize that there's increasing numbers of homeless, uh, in- increasing numbers of people who need meals. Demands don't go away, even though for many nonprofits, sometimes the funding goes away. Maybe uh, a funder dries up or the funding dries up for whatever reason, or there's a decision not to put the money in that direction anymore by the federal government or the state. And so we've had programs that shut their doors. But it doesn't mean that the demand goes away. People are still knocking on the doors. People still need need help with uh, getting diapers for their kids. They still need help with transportation of seniors. They still those those things. In fact, uh, you know, as the we know that as a senior population, and and we're going to get more people, the baby boomers, or you know, and and uh, so forth. So they're going to give us more demands on the in the high end. And then as we have increased number of of uh, newborns and people in in youth, um, we're going to have the needs. And and as if there's a trend that means less government and. And the government's going to be doing less, then that means the demand doesn't go away. It's not that suddenly somebody says, oh, well, I, I don't need a meal now because the government's not going to offer this. Um, you know, that, that's, that's going to be there. So it's like that, that the demand is going to keep rising and rising and rising, but that limited resources, the resources that were there previously, may not be there. And we can't, uh, we can't bank on having that same money that we had before. And I think that that's one of the risks that we, we face when we're trying to, um, uh, we, we think that, that, that the money and the way things have been supported in the past is going to be there. That times change, and so um, I think that uh, uh, this trend, coupled with the the le- limited resource, one makes for a real a challenge and one that nonprofits have to face every day. You're listening to the Sherry Hill Show with guest Phil Johncock, the executive director for the Alliance for Nevada Nonprofits. And we've been talking about the 2015 trends that every expert in the nonprofit world identifies. And number three is that there is a growing awareness that every nonprofit and their board members, they need to be active, vocal advocates for his or her nonprofit's mission. And one of the things that I have always said is that if you're serving on the board of a nonprofit, you're either a doer, a donor, or a door opener. I challenge a lot of nonprofit organizations to really look at their boards and make sure that those people are the first and foremost, the loudest advocate for what it is that you're doing. And Phil, what do you see? Well, and and the advocate, uh, a champion for the cause means that that every board member needs to understand the mission. And you know, we all go to we're attracted to certain um, organizations that we want to help. Out. And so one of the things I say encourages that you memorize the mission statement, you know, and, and, and that part of the, of the process of bringing in new board members is to make sure everybody's educated. And like you said, you know, that they can donate. I think there's a trend 
towards 100% of the board members are donors first. And it's and it makes sense, you know, that if if I give first and and then it's easier for other people to join me. But if I'm not giving, you know, it's harder. Well, and it's, it's hypocritical. It is. <laughs> and, and and so there are some uh, actual uh, recognitions of the, you know, it, it, one of the goals, I think, is 100% giving. You know, if you talk to Chris uh, Askin with the Community Foundation of Western Nevada, he would say, you know, let's let's make it a goal that 100% of our board members are donors, but but not everybody can continually give the money, and that there's, I think that we're six degrees of separation away from people who have the resources. A door opener being introducing people to the right people, and it may not be that you, you're the one that has the resource, but you may know somebody who knows somebody, and that you help people make it happen, and then, uh, of course, everybody needs needs doers, uh, but it, I think that the growing awareness of the nonprofits means that you got to be smart in the doing. It doesn't mean just, just uh, stuffing envelopes. You know, what's the best use? We've got some amazing talent in the for-profit sector and in this state. So allowing those individuals to do what they do best and then to to nurture that uh, along and to take advantage of it, I think is just a, a huge resource that's right there that you can tap into. Right. When you, and when you talk about, you know, really what makes for excellent nonprofits, one of the, the top priorities is good leadership. A lot of us are pushed into situations where all of a sudden we're now the leader and there are certain qualities and traits where some are more natural at it than others. But certainly if you're leading the volunteer or the event or the whatever, you need to understand that. One of the things that we're really excellent at in our training, certainly through our our regional conferences, is helping people understand their roles as leaders and how to bring that back into the organization. So talk about leadership. Why? Why that matters so much? Well, and I would add that that there's leadership over for a certain amount of time. So your board, your term is typically. It depends. Every nonprofit is different, but let's just say for Anne's uh, perspective, it's three year term. But then you can be renewed for another three years. So you've got six years in which to do your work. But most people uh, don't come into the first year, second year, really uh, hitting the ground running. And sometimes, like, you're different. You jump in, and you're, you're there, and you're, you jump in and become a chair member. I would challenge board members to, if you're starting out, to hit the ground running to figure out how you can make a difference right from day one. And how you your vision can align with the mission of of the uh, organization, and how you can make the biggest difference with the, the time that you have, because then you're going to be gone. Now you may come back and be involved with them, but not to the same degree. So I would say you've got a limited amount of time. So make the best of the time you have. One and obviously one of the things that you did very well, and I know other nonprofits follow the practice, which is you don't just go out and ask someone to be on the board. There's a true interview, really understanding, can this person give of their time, their energy, and their resources? So there's a commitment behind it, and not just the old way of, we want this guy on our board because he has a big name. Right. Because that is not effective. 
Right. And if we're in the trends and we're talking about that, you know, for 2015, nonprofits are going to be in need in greater demand and they have limited resources. So what you can't have are people that are dysfunctional. Right. (laughs) And you can't have have things uh, disrail you like like the um, um, maybe having some drama and some things that, that really don't need to happen. I think if there's really looking for a good fit, because there's nothing worse than a bad fit. You know, you've got people. So, you know, if you spend the time up front getting to know people, let them get to know you as well. I think it really can save you a lot of headache and a lot of time later on. Exactly. We come back. We're going to finish up on this conversation with Phil Johncock, the executive director for the Alliance for Nevada Nonprofits. This is Denise Hedrick from the Education Alliance of Washoe County. You're listening to the Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she truly loves our community, she understands education, and she understands the business mind. Sherry Hill is awesome. Hi, this is Sherry Hill, CEO of Sage International, Inc. Hi, this is Kathy Caracol. I'm from the Nevada Small Business Development Center up at UNR. At this time, we want to talk about an awesome class called Next Level for Entrepreneurs. Let's first talk about the Small Business Development Center. Well, thanks for asking, Sherry. The Nevada SBDC is our new brand, uh, standing, of course, for Small Business Development Center. We're celebrating our 30th year in 2015, primarily to assist small business owners, whether it's in the startup phases, whether it's in the expansion phases. But our whole goal is really on economic impact through the sustainability of small businesses. And that brings up Next Level. I'm the training director, which means I oversee all sorts of great programs educationally that assist small businesses in the development, solid business planning, forward motion, so that they can actually have that product or service that people want to buy right. spend their money on. Where should they go to get all the important information about Next Level for entrepreneurs? Well, of course, Sherry, with this particular class, starts is going to be Monday nights. February 23, and it will go through May 18th. So once a week, Monday evenings, 5.30 to 8.30. So over at the Redfield campus, right off of Matt Rose Highway, we will not take more than 30 people, and we've got over 15. Nevada SBDC, that stands for Small Business Development Center. So NevadaSBDC.org. And if you look under Education and Training, uh, the first click is the training calendar, 7841717, or my direct line. I am the queen of next level. I was crowned two years ago, 7846879. We will answer any questions you have. It's over half filled. This class will fill, so people who are serious definitely want to uh, check it out. Learn it tonight and use it tomorrow is the next level motto. Awesome. I'm excited. Go out to NevadaSBDC.org to get all the information about Next Level for Entrepreneurs. This is Phil Johncock from Las Vegas. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she represents a for-profit voice and inspires me to think creatively outside the box in how the nonprofit sector can improve itself. Sherry Hill is awesome. She's the best. Welcome back to The Sherry Hill Show, doing everything possible to spark and fuel your entrepreneurial dreams. Now, here's your host, Sherry Hill. 
The nonprofit sector in Nevada is an important part of the state's economy. The number and variety of organizations in the state has grown rapidly with the state's population, but is still much smaller in terms of numbers, size, and financial capacity as a sector when compared to other states. The relative size of the sector determines not only the economic impact of these organizations, but also the quality of life in the state. In comparing Nevada's three regions, north, south, and rural, it is clear that the Reno-Carson City area secures a disproportionate share of state funds invested in the nonprofit sector. This more substantial and secure revenue from state taxpayers allows northern nonprofits to allocate more dollars per person than nonprofits in southern and rural Nevada. This revenue allows northern Nevada nonprofits to offer higher wages to employees and be less dependent upon private philanthropy. The gap between state funding for nonprofits in the North versus the South is so great that it alone explains all of the state's underperforming metrics. Southern Nevada philanthropists are left to shoulder the fiscal impact of this disparate funding. For this reason, continued efforts need to be made to support and grow Nevada's nonprofit sector and capacity. In particular, efforts should be focused on increasing the size and capacity of the state's nonprofit sector in rural and southern Nevada through more balanced funding support from the state. Continued growth in the sector will play a significant role in the economic health and vitality of the state and may provide resiliency in the face of future economic downturns. Growing Nevada's nonprofit sector will pay dividends not only economically, but will also enrich the lives of citizens and communities in the state. Joining me is Phil Johncock, Executive Director for the Alliance for Nevada Nonprofits, the only statewide organization dedicated to strengthening communities by increasing influence and capacity of Nevada's nonprofit sector. Phil, I have to say I'm really surprised that Northern Nevada garners more state funding and has greater capacity than the South. One of the things that happened uh, when I first started with Ann in 2010, it was started by some nonprofits in northern Nevada. It became very clear to me that if the organization was truly a statewide organization, that we would have to have a presence in southern Nevada. The first thing that we did was have an event, and this was back in, in October 2010, and we set up an advisory council of nonprofits in southern Nevada to look at the issues specific to the region. And we call them regional conferences because we each region is different. So the needs of the northern region and the, re, and the southern region are different. Those issues, there are some ways that we can share resources uh, statewide. Each region has their finger on the pulse of what's going on. So if Southern Nevada, for example, one of the issues that comes up a lot is around collaboration and partnership. We don't hear that as much in the North. Now, that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist, but that's not the main issue that's there. It's really a capacity building and awareness building issue with the nonprofits in southern Nevada may not be aware of the political system. They don't live close to Carson City. They may not be going to all the meetings. 
But what we find out is as a state, we're almost last, if not last, in, in federal grant funding. Now, I'm a grant professor, and I teach at the College of Southern Nevada, and I've taught at Truckee Meadows Community College. And a nonprofit is a nonprofit. They have their, have their needs, and everybody has the need for grant funding, but that can't be the sole source. That should be really no more than 20% of your budget. If you rely on 100% of it, you're at risk if that money goes away. The solution to that issue is to make sure that all the nonprofits have the capacity within themselves to get access to the funding that they need and to participate in the process that results in funding. And if they're not participating, I would say you need to get on the bandwagon. You need to find out where those decisions are being made. Our board has representatives from Southern Nevada, from Northern Nevada, and rural Nevada. And our rural Nevada folks, they raise their hand and they say, hey, wait a minute, what about us? We don't get that much money. We don't get... So having representation and inspiring and and empowering all people to really take advantage of all the resources that are there and to to be involved in the process, it's a never-ending battle. It's going to change. You've got turnover with new people coming in all the time. We've got a new Senate, a new House, and and so that's constantly changing. And it's not like you can just do it once and you're done. You've got to keep on top of it. Part of the capacity building and empowerment that we all need to do is to support everybody in getting all of the resources that they can to influence the decision. Part of our mission is to strengthen communities by increasing the influence. So how do you influence? How do you participate in and, um, and, and be part of that discussion that determines where the funding is going? This is Sherry Hill. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show with guest Phil Johncock, who is the Executive Director for the Alliance for Nevada Nonprofits. And of course, Phil, we have our upcoming conference in March in Las Vegas. And so this is a great opportunity for nonprofits all over the state to attend because this is what we're talking about. How do you get involved? How do you know what's going on north, south, and rural Other than show up, be in a room full of all these companies, these organizations, and people representing what's going on, and maybe there's great opportunity to do some of that collaboration or to recognize that there's a need somewhere. Right, and and to allocate resources to attend. So we've got some organizations from Tahoe that are going down to the regional conference in Las Vegas. Now, they see that as an opportunity that it's important for their staff to be trained. And I think that we all, in terms of our, and I include myself, need training and we need to allocate the resources to be able to attend. So uh, we have people from northern Nevada coming to southern Nevada and rural traveling to the place that's closest to them. How can we encourage um, as many people as possible, including the, the, the corporations, how can you sponsor nonprofits to attend? Because in some cases, they may not have put money into their training budget. Now, that's something that they'll probably do sooner or later when they realize the value of that, but maybe they don't have it in the first year to attend. So maybe you could help support a nonprofit in attending the conference. I know your business did that and supported some people in attending the Reno conference, which is coming up in October, October 21st and 22nd. 
I think that as much as we can all encourage people to be there, to be part of the solution, to, be, to learn from each other, with each other, and, and have the trends and the, and, and the, most, the latest technology and resources and, and, uh, that help us build our capacity, the, the better off the sector is. Well, and, and another reason for becoming a member for the Alliance for Nevada Nonprofits is because we're listening as well. So what is going on? What are they experiencing? What are their needs? So again, as the statewide organization representing all nonprofits, then it's important for us to hear from our members and non-members to figure out how can you get more involved and how can you take advantage of all this great stuff that we offer to make sure that you are the best that you can be. Yeah, and we have a, a, a session that's in Southern Nevada on how to be the best CEO in town. Now, that doesn't mean how you can be superior than any, anybody, but it's the best that you can be as a CEO. And I think all of us should strive to be the best CEO or the best uh, fundraising uh, professional, the best staff, the best volunteer that we could be. And and so I think that we've got the tools uh, for uh, a people to to be able to develop their skills and to also to network. People tell us that they get a chance to see other people like them. So you're not alone. You know, this idea about the lone wolf and, you know, you're off uh, doing your own work and you have to be because it's your own business. But, but there are a lot more things that you can learn in collaboration and in the presence of other people who, who are similar to you and different from you and in size and and likewise so it's a it's a great opportunity for networking as well as as just the actual skill building yes and so if somebody wants to find out more about the conference coming up in las vegas or to find more about the alliance for nevada nonprofit so if you're a volunteer a board member or someone that wants to start a nonprofit we are the great resource you have in the state the great resource is the website, and that is the Alliance for FOR Nevada Nonprofits.org. Las Vegas Conference.org is this website for the Las Vegas Conference, and then the Reno Conference is RenoConference.org. You are a for-profit organization, but believe strongly in a nonprofit that you support through volunteers, through donations, through resources, and you want to sponsor a nonprofit to attend our conference, then also go out to the website. You can find Phil's information and definitely help someone get there so they can learn how to be more effective and serve more people because that's what this is all about. And it's all about the, the increasing the eyes and ears for the organization. And check out our board. You might recognize one of the board members. Come to the events, meet some people who've been involved with the organization. So participate and support the sector. And, and I would say most of the people here listening are supporting, they're volunteering, they're donating. And I want to thank them for all that you're contributing to the sector and to the difference that you're making in our communities. Thank you, Phil. You have to go. And for all of us, to all of you, don't forget Nevada's Big Give coming up in March as well. So look for more information about that. The Sherry Hill Show values the role we play in supporting the economic engine driving this country. 
Small business, the backbone of America. Send her a message on Facebook.com slash Sherry Hill Show and tune in next week, same time, same station for the Sherry Hill Show. This is Peter Padilla, your host on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Are you looking for great values on a real estate or mortgage transaction? Listen to our show, Nevada Real Estate Radio. Deal with professionals that you know, like, and trust. Sunday afternoons at 4 p.m., KLAV, 1230 a.m., the talk of Las Vegas.